that lay between us and how high the mountain I could not climb in desperation I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night then through the darkness your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul the work is finished the end is written jesus christ my Who could imagine so great a mercy? And what heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken. I am forgiven, the King of kings calls me his own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever, Jesus Christ, my living Lord. Come on. And hallelujah, praise the one who sent me.
right, good morning, everyone. We're glad that you're here today. Welcome to Haven Community Church. Everybody ready to worship the Lord? All right, good, because we're going to just open with prayer. Please stand, and we'll just worship the Lord. Um, Heavenly Father, we come to you today. And uh, God, wow, um, what a year, what a week. Um, But you're our living hope. For that, we give you praise. Glory and honor. So, Heavenly Father, fill this place. Let us worship you. Put on, let's put on this, uh, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And so, God, you are a living hope. We love you. We just want to worship you. And we thank you for everyone gathered here. For the, for, um, I ask for your anointing to be on Chris as he shares with us today. And, God, just help us recognize that there is a Savior. His name is Jesus. Everybody says amen. All right. They're going to go ahead and take it this week. Go ahead.
Locked doors, yeah, I'm trapped in Underwater, can't breathe, suffocating Can't think, yeah, my thoughts be wondering Nowhere to go, guess I'll stand hiding Yeah, yo, feeling so alone The world is kinda scary, so I climb back in my zone Feeling so lost, trying to find my way home Always been an outsider, cast away the unknown I don't know what to do, should I tell my friends? But then again, my friendships may end So I keep it to myself, won't let you in Lord, tell me how much longer before it ends I need to be free to tell I pray the stigma gone, I pray the fear would fail I pray that God will free my mind from this jail cell At least give me some people that I can tell That I can trust Won't write me off as wasted dust I just wish my mind would hush I need a bridge To get from where I am of our Hope for Mental Health series. We're going to begin today with our prayer list. Um, so we have a couple prayers to lift up. Um, we want to pray for Holly. She has an interview tomorrow morning for a full-time employment, so I know she's been praying for this a while. And we pray that God will open up that door um, big time. Um, uh, Judy, uh, Lloyd, you're going to have um, eye surgery, right? So we want to um, pray for prayers for that, for Jackie Shea for wisdom, and for Donnie Payne for healing, for this world peace. Um, and... Uh, Ron and Joanna got a new home, right? There you go. Look at that. They are just rolling. I don't know what they're doing right this year, but they got married. They got a house. They're rolling. I'm going to hang out with them more, I think, so, um, and go from there. But um, we want to continue to um, also continue to lift up uh, others, um, uh, Jenny McGall and Gary and Liz Ashby as well in your prayers. Um, also, we have a couple other prayer requests to lift up um, for um, Reese uh, uh, Sinelli asked for prayers for her daughter, Nikki. Um, we've been praying for her dealing with some challenges um, with some depression and mental health. And um, sh uh, yesterday, Nikki went missing and was found about five hours later. And she went to the hospital to get some help and some things that she needs. So uh, this is a very fitting time to do this. And then um, also I want to lift up. Now, number one, I want to thank you on behalf of our family. Um, most of you probably know that last Sunday... My mom got really sick, um, and mo by uh, Monday evening, my mom went to be with the Lord. And that's a hard thing to say. Um, and those of you who have been through it understand what I'm talking about, but we're not crying for her. We're not crying for her at all. We're crying for our loss. Um, but we will have our uh, services tomorrow. Um, and, of course, this is a wonderful COVID time that we're all dealing with this uh, COVID thing. Um, I was sitting there looking at fear as a liar, and I was just thinking, um, how, man, it's kicked up this week about how fear is even more. So we got to be careful, right? We, we've got to make sure that we wear our mask, we keep our distancing. It is increasing with COVID, but um, fear, it not only cripples you in what's out there on the news and stuff, but there's many people who are dealing, dealing with those things. And we've been spending time for these last 
five weeks talking about uh, mental health and depression and anxiety and all those things that just tend to, to, to rob us of a life. Um, and so I just want to, again, thank you all for um, all the contacts and um, lifting up my mom. Um, continue to lift up my dad and my and sister Jill and I in prayer. Thanks to the praise team um, for popping in and, um, and doing what they do without us today. Um, and, you know, it's amazing um, how God works in the midst of all things. So um, we're going to just lift up uh, in prayers as we celebrate her life both uh, tomorrow and um, we will be streaming it online because uh, we do have to limit who could be there. So we ha- it's by invitation only for that. But we will be streaming it online via Haven. Um, and so we just um, thank you all once again in this uh, very difficult time. Um, and so uh, we want to lift up all those in prayers, as we said. Um, we also want to continue as we are week, believe it or not, 36 week 36 of our uh, Unite 714 uh, prayer, where we're asking people to pray 714 in the morning and 714 in the evening. And um, that is, uh, there's 180 countries around the world that are part of this Unite 714. If um, you're from another church and you want to be part of that, go ahead to um, uh, Unite714.com or org or one of those things um, and connect there. And, um, and join in, or uh, the, uh, the sheets are put there for you, on our, linked on our website, um, havencc.org, so that we can continue um, to, to pray that God eradicate COVID-19, all right? So let's go to the Lord in prayer, if you will, with me. God, you are amazing, and when everything else in life fails, the bottom line is this, you are still God. And so, Lord, as we look at the scripture lessons that are written in our Unite 714 prayer in Psalm 31, it says, blessed be the Lord. For he has wondrously shown his steadfast love to me when I was a besieged city. I said in my alarm, I am cut off from your sight. But you heard the voice of pleas for mercy when I cried to you for help. And in 2 Kings, when the robber Shekai said to them, Say to Hezekiah, thus says the great king, the king of Assyria, on what do you Rest this trust of yours. Do you think that mere words are strategies and power for war? In whom do you trust? Whom do you trust now that you have rebelled against us? Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Syria, he shall not come into the city or shoot an arrow there or come before it with a shield or cast up a siege mound against it. By the way that he came, By the same way he shall return, and he shall not come into the city, declares the Lord. For I will defend this city to save it, for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. And that night the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. God, I can speak for myself and I think everyone to some level that we feel besieged on every side. Lord, like the psalmist above in that verse that I read to you, it's so easy to feel cut off from your sight when we are stalked by a relentless pandemic in the face of shattered economies and fractured social structures, when loved ones are passing away, when in our own minds fear is very much alive. If this situation is not dire enough, Many of our brothers and sisters around the world are facing hunger, persecution, and even war. And yet, God, we today 
choose to believe that you will hear our cries for mercy. So Heavenly Father, in the midst of this siege of warfare being waged against us, please show your miraculous wonders of your love. You have heard our cries for mercy, even as you are mitigating COVID-19, and we may not see it, but God, we're trusting in you. We now ask you to eradicate it, for nothing is too difficult for you. Lord, when the armies of Assyria were preparing to besiege Jerusalem, all hope for God's people seemed gone. The devil's strategy has not changed. He is still mocking us and for trusting in your word. Your answer has not changed either. Even as you destroyed the enemies of Syria, God, we pray that you're going to destroy the enemies, the forces, the spiritual forces in this world that are besieging us right now. So, Lord, as we lift up joys such as Ron and, and Joanna getting a new home, we thank you for that home. We know that you are going to be the center point of it. For people who are dealing with struggles like Liz and Gary and Ginny McGall and surgeries that are faced and others who need prayers like Jackie and Donnie. For, for Nikki, who is struggling with what we, many of the things that we've been talking about the last few weeks, God, we pray for her mental health be rooted into you and just for you, God, you to send her the help that she needs to get through this. And personally, God, I can just say I'm hurting. I'm hurting in a place I didn't even know I had. But God, I thank you for my mom. I thank you for her life. I thank you that there's times that she agitated the packing out of me. And I thank you for that because it helped make me be the person I am today. I ask you to be with my dad, the love of her life for 61 years, with my sister, and our whole, all our grandchildren and friends who called Joanne Cohen their friend. God, we love you and we're in a dark valley. But we know that the light of Christ shines in the middle of the darkness. And for that, God, I take your comfort and your peace. For all these things we ask and claim in your name. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, give me a second. Okay. Remember I said a couple months ago... Um, God gave you tears so you don't drown on the inside? It's true. Um, we have been, you know, just, just so you, so you know, um, when we finally had our first social distance time of our Haven leadership team right up here after the quarantine, we spent some time talking about um, where to head, what to do, recognizing the challenges of this year, and many of us will look back to 2020 as that year. Um, but hopefully, in the midst of all this pain and sorrow and tragedy, there are some great things that are going on. And hopefully, we can get 2020 vision and see that Jesus Christ is alive. And so, in the midst of this, we've spent, we, we, we discussed and we thought, what about mental health? And we began to go ahead and, and embrace and looking at that and recognizing that um, mainly many of the things that came on from this and many of the things that we've shared and given guidance came from Pastor Rick Warren, um, his guidance in this Hope for Mental Health, who tragically lost their son Matthew uh, due to suicide many, many years ago. And so through this series, we have, sh we have dealt with uh, the topics of the reality choice, of the battle for your mind. You may remember the week we had the cards up here and winning the hand you're dealt, and talking about the things in life that we don't have control over, but that God gives us that, that wild card, which is choice. 
And then we talked about the role of the church in mental health and talked about how we need to actually repent to God because we have not done a good job in talking about mental health and being there for people. And last week we talked about being set free from me. When I first announced this uh, series, I had several people who, uh, who came up to me and mentioned a name. And I've been looking through the scriptures and I, did you know that David, King David, David and Goliath, was troubled and battled this, uh, depression and despair. Do you know that Elijah was discouraged and weary and afraid? Do you know that Jonah was angry and depressed and wanted to run away from himself? He actually asked them to throw him in the water. He would rather die. Do you know that Job suffered such great loss, devastation, and physical illness and had friends who, much like the church, just told him to curse God and die and didn't bring him much help. Moses was grieved over the sins of his people. Jeremiah wrestled with loneliness, feelings of defeat and insecurity, and felt that every time he opened his mouth, he was going to say the wrong thing. And even Jesus, in his greatest tragic hour for us, Jesus himself sat and wept so much so that he had a condition in the Garden of Gethsemane called hemodidrosis, that when you're in such agony that blood vessels break in your head and droplets mix with sweat and fall to the ground. Mental health is not something that's foreign to the scriptures, but for some reason it is in our world today. And so when, when I uh, began this series... About three or four people mentioned a name to me. And I know I didn't go through the announcements today, but you guys can read them. I'm not up for it today, okay? Um, we got stuff going on. I, wait, I got to say one thing. Sorry, I am up for one. You, get, you guys are used to me being all over the place. I'm ADHD. Go with it. All right? Um, 171? Okay. Um, 171 Thanksgiving meals came in. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. In a time of COVID... And a time where other th- when, when the need was greater this year, and we've got more out there to count, um, you met a need. And that's awesome. So I want to thank you about that. But anyway, I just had, had to get that. Don't forget Angel Tree and other things. I said it anyway. I did them. Um, but the name that kept coming up from several of you is Chris Locke. And um, kind of found out that Chris and I are kind of associated with a number of different people. Um, and then um, we play, uh, played a little phone tag. But I'm, I'm honored today to have him come and speak. I thank uh, God for how God is using both of you um, and taking, taking horrific nature and bringing God's help and many help to many people. And so what I'd ask you guys to do is just welcome Chris Lockett. He's going to share with us today. Thank you, Chris. Well, first, before I begin... Um I've done a lot of speaking engagements. You are truly led by a great pastor for... I have never heard a pastor speak so openly about mental health, let alone use scripture. And I thank you, you touched me today. And um, I really, you really touched me. God definitely wanted me to be here today. So thank you very much, I appreciate it. So before I speak, I want to introduce you to my son, Sean, through this video that we have, and uh, it's about four or five minutes, so. 
When you try your best but you don't succeed When you get what you want but not what you need When you feel so tired but you can't sleep Stuck in
I showed this video because not only to give you a glimpse into Sean's life, but to show you the true face of depression and anxiety. You see, I always thought, like many people, that depression only affects the quiet kid, the kid who sits in the cafeteria by him or herself, the kid who's a loner, the kid who's just a little off. But today I know that is just flat wrong. You see, my son, Sean, was really what you want from a child. Sean was a great kid. He was kind, caring, and a loving person. He had a smile that literally lit up a room. He was respectful and always wanted to do his best. Sean and I were very close. We talked about everything except one thing. See, on the outside, Sean lived really a fantastic life, a life most of us would want to live. A good friend of mine who's an educator said, I wish I could be Sean Locke for one day. Sean was a tremendous athlete. He excelled at all sports that he played, and especially baseball and basketball. And he was offered many college scholarships to play either sport. But Sean was a hometown boy, and he decided to play college basketball at the University of Delaware. Sean was part of the University of Delaware championship team in 2013 and 14. And he realized his boyhood dream of playing in March Madness against Michigan State. He was a three-time academic All-American, and he was named captain of the team his senior year. He graduated from the University of Delaware with a business degree and began a successful career working for Puccini Poland and managing over $100 million worth of real estate for them. Everything seemed perfect. As a parent, I thought my job was done. He was on his way to a great life. As I said, Sean and I were very close. We spoke about everything and we spoke every single day, except we didn't speak about one thing. See, Sean never spoke about his battle with depression and anxiety. You see, my little boy suffered in silence for at least three years, maybe seven. I really don't know how long he suffered in silence. For all of Sean's amazing accomplishments, he did not succeed in the most important thing facing him, and that was his fight against depression. Sean did not ask for help because people with depression are ashamed of their disease. They feel guilty for having depression. But de depression, anxiety, is a real thing. It is not a character failing. It is not a moral failing. Depression is a disease. Depression is no different than heart disease or cancer. The heart attacks you with heart disease, the blood cells attack you with cancer, and your brain attacks you with depression, anxiety, and mental illness. It's an indiscriminate disease. It doesn't care what color you are. 
It doesn't care if you're rich or poor. It doesn't care if you're a great kid. It doesn't care if you're a great parent. It can get you. Having depression is exhausting. I think Kevin Love, the NBA basketball player, who recently wrote about his own battle with depression, described it best. He wrote, when you're in a dark place, everyone around you, all your friends and family, they just want to see you do what you love. Be happy. Be the old you. But what people on the outside don't always understand is that it takes all of your strength and willpower just to exist. Battling depression, battling anxiety, battling any mental illness, it's all just so unbelievably exhausting. Depression affects 30 million Americans. We will lose 50,000 people to suicide this year. 75% of those suicides will be caused by depression and anxiety. If you count those who we lose to substance abuse, overdoses, which they believe 25 to 30% are suicide, that number increases by 25 to 30,000 people. So many people who are abusing substances are doing it because they're trying to self-medicate through their mental illness. Nobody wants to grow up to be an addict. They use that substance abuse or alcohol to self-medicate their mental illness. Suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in America. And it is the second leading cause of death for young adults, 14 to 24-year-olds. During COVID, the rate of depression has skyrocketed. The CDC reported in September that 25% of young adults have contemplated suicide in the last 40 days. I know some of you in the audience may be worried about the conversation we're having, that we may put thoughts in young adult minds, but that is a myth. It actually helps to talk about it. It reduces the suicide rate when you have open conversations about it. People with depression like Sean, or like some of you here today, or like the Seans in all of our lives, really do not know what is lurking in front of them. That's why it is so important to create a safe haven to begin an open conversation about mental illness, which is what you have done in the last few weeks. Losing a loved one to suicide is horrific. The journey of loss never ends. It has been 857 days since Sean passed away. 850 days I have not heard his voice. 857 days I have not seen his smile. In 850 days I have not felt those big arms around me saying, I love you, Dad. The pain can be excruciating at times. The loss is unbearable. The how, the why, the when questions of how we got here is constantly in my head. 
As parents, we all have this story going on in our head about the future. We sometimes obsess about it. We want everything in our children's lives to go just right. And we try to map out their lives for them. As parents, we all imagine growing old with our children, watching them get married, having kids of their own. It's all so Norman Rockwell-like. I read a book recently called Lament for a Son. It was written by a Yale theologian. And he writes, it is so wrong, so profoundly wrong for a child to die before his or her parents. Our children belong to our future. We do not visualize our future without them. How can I bury my son? He is my future. When I bury him, I bury part of my future. After we lost Sean, our lives were changed forever. We wandered aimlessly for months after his death. And at times we still do. We are wounded for the rest of our lives. There's a hole in the world now, a void, a gap, never to be filled because my son is gone forever. Our family will always have a missing piece. His absence is greater than his presence ever was. I know this is not what Sean wanted. He loved his family and his friends too much. But this is a horrible collateral damage of suicide. This is the wretchedness of the disease called depression and anxiety. See, Sean thought, look at me, look at my success, look at my family, my friends. I should not feel depressed. This guilt just makes the depression so much worse. After Sean's death, we could see the impact of his loss that he had on so many in the community. Sean was always helping people. Matter of fact, a week before his death, he actually met one of his friends who was battling with her own problems in life, her own depression. And he spent an hour and a half with her, talking to her, but yet not once mentioning his own battle with depression. We created SL24 so that the Shawns in our lives do not have to suffer in silence anymore. And we have three pillars for SL24. First is educate. We go to churches like this, to high schools, to colleges, to whoever will hear the message, and we speak to them, educate them about mental illness, remove that stigma of mental illness. We talk about suicide prevention, and we tell young adults not to suffer in silence and begin the honest and open conversation. Our second pillar is to assist. So we assist young adults and their parents to get the help they need. There's a real shortage here in Maryland and in Delaware and Pennsylvania for mental health professionals. And it can take as much as four to six weeks to get an appointment to see a therapist or a psychologist. But if you have a young adult in crisis, that is way too long to wait. So we've been able to build a network of therapists and psychologists where we call them and we say, we have a friend of Sean who needs help immediately, and they see them. And then the last part is support. 
And we've created this place called Sean's House in Newark. And we have some brochures on the front table. Take one as you leave today. And that's really to create a safe haven for young adults to take the first step in battling with the disease of depression, anxiety, and mental illness. As I said, it's a safe haven for young adults to reduce the stress in their lives. It's a place to get some chocolate chip cookies and a cup of coffee, to go to the library and read a book about mental health and mental illnesses. Or it's a place where they can go and talk to one of our 18 Peer 24 support people who will listen to you, advocate for you, and understand what you're going through because they have gone through it themselves. Or it's a place where you can ring the doorbell at 11.30 at night and you need help and there'll be someone to answer the door. I kind of call it grandma's house. There's always a place to go. The door is always open. And it's open 24-7 and it's open free of charge because we know the mental illness doesn't care what time of day it is, and it doesn't care how much money is in your pocket. We opened up the house 50 days ago on October 1st. It was really kind of an idea swimming in my head. I didn't know if it was going to work. But we've had over 350 young adults come through the front door since we opened up. We need as a society to look at mental illness for what it is. I hope someday we stop talking about physical health and mental health and just call it health. Because when you break your arm, it affects your mind. And when your mind is broken, it affects you physically. So it's just health. The way we combat this horrible disease is to take away its most powerful tools, which is darkness, guilt, and silence. To fight this disease, the most powerful tool, and I couldn't believe the songs that we heard today, is to take it out of the darkness, take it out of the fear, and bring a light into it by having open and honest conversations about mental illness and remove the stigma around it. That's what we hope Sean's House will do for everybody. And it's been amazing. We've seen people come from Dover, Middletown, Pennsylvania, Wilmington University, Dell Tech, Westchester University, Goldie Beacom, Northeast, Elkton, Rising Sun. We've done no advertising. This is just word of mouth of people hearing about it. I know if Sean could be here today, he, re he would reverse everything that happened on July 18th, 2018. I know Sean loved us too much to cause us so much pain. I know Sean loved his friends too much to cause them so much loss and emptiness. I know if Sean was here today, he would say, get help. Don't live in silence. Don't live in darkness. Don't live behind a mask. Get help. Communicate and be honest about your mental health. This is the ministry that God has put us on. As I said to Pastor Jack, it's kind of like Paul. I really didn't want it, and I kind of fought it. But this is the ministry the Lord has put me on now. And I'll leave you with this, as this is what guides us on the journey of SL24, and it really was how Sean lived his life. 
Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that I may not seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is giving that we receive. I thank you for your time. God bless. Um, and what's your name? Norma. Norma? Okay, so I want to dig. I want to get you. I want to make sure we recognize you. She's like, not me. Okay, there we go. But um, I get it. I have one of those too. <laughs> um, so. Um, It's real. This is all very, very real. And um, they're living with, within that. As you said, God has them, took this, they took this horrible situation, and God has used them to already minister in a time where nothing is supposed to work, right? During this time. And so, um, so I, um, we, today uh, we, we do have... Um, in the bulletin information where you can go ahead and connect and see what they can, they can do. Also, it is online um, that you can go ahead and check that has uh, the information that is in there. Um, what, I, what I like to do is I'd like, um, you know, um, if you guys wouldn't mind coming up, I just want to pray over both of you and just uh, the ministry you have. And I wish you'd join with me and our worship team will, will be coming up here. Okay. Lord God, I just want to pray for this family. Um, we know that the spirit of heaviness and despair has been upon them. But God, uh, through, uh, through the light of Christ and the light of their son, Sean, um, that, ha- that is still so much in their life, you have used them to, um, to prevent many other families from ever having to go through this. So I thank you for them uh, being obedient to this very difficult calling. But God, we know that um, you have a tremendous calling on their lives. And, um, and God, we just thank you for Sean's life for everything that he, he um, meant to so many and to this family and to so many others. We give you praise for that life that lives on through his, his ministry. And I thank you for them sharing his life that, uh, that just brings hope to anyone else. For that, Lord, we give you praise and honor and glory and just continue to expand this and grow this. And God, um, we as the church, we as your people, your body, we pray right now that you will use us in this ministry and, and be open and talk about these things so that, you, uh, that where there is destruction, you will bring life. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Before you go, um, as a gift for us, we want to give this to you guys um, to go to this tremendous ministry that can help. It's a small portion, and I don't think uh, we're done with helping you guys because you're helping. You're doing the work of Christ in this community. We love you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Let's just stand and worship the Lord. One of the things that I've always known is is that worship is not about the style. Worship is not about the words. Worship is not about the tune. Uh, It's not about the talent. Right, guys? I play up here every week, so uh, you know it's not about the talent. 
It's about Jesus. And um, he's the Lord of all. And so if you love him, you're going to spend eternity with him. And guess what you're going to be doing? Worshiping. So let's start right now. And let's just worship him. All right? Take it on. Fill the atmosphere 
become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your everyone again thank you Chris thank you for sharing your story um, we do want to give everyone the opportunity as well um, as you as you have given and make uh, ministry possible we also want to give you the opportunity if you want to give um, to uh, uh, unlock the light it should it be is it SL 24 unlock the light um, with an E un unlock um, if you want to give we do have baskets at the door um, Please feel free to give. You know, um, thank you so much, but I know every single bit of it will be used to help individuals going through this. Um, continue to help. Pray for all those things. Um, don't forget all the other announcements I kind of gave you, really mismatched, but you'll forgive me. Um, but um, and for Angel Tree particularly, if you want to grab an angel, you can also do that online as well. Uh, thank you for the Thanksgiving. Um, just this Thursday, stop and give thanks for the, not only your family, but for the fact that you guys are an awesome church and you're, you're providing 170 to 180 some meals for people who would have nothing. And that is, that is to be commended. So I thank you. Um, and just continue to lift our family up. Um, we need it. All right. She was an awesome lady. And right now she's saying, um, you know, she's right now she's up there singing in heaven. As a friend of mine said, uh, those, you know, my mom, um, said she's talking to the father, son, and Holy spirit nonstop. Cause my mom could talk. <laughs> my mom loved to talk. So, um, uh, thank you all. 
And God bless you. We love you all. Have a great week. Bye-bye.